Namaskar. Hello and welcome to P Guru's channel. I'm your host Sri Ayer. Today I have with me for the first time Sri B K Singhal, known as the father of internet and data services in India. Before I give you his full introduction, let's welcome Sri Singhal ji. Uh, Namaskar, Singhal ji. How are you? Sri Ayer ji, I'm very well. Thank you very much for having me in your show and uh, your very kind introductory remarks. I don't deserve all that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I've I've said nothing so far, sir. And uh, so uh, before we jump into today's topic, I just would like to make a formal introduction of Sri Singhalji. He is currently a princip senior principal at Dua Dua Consulting, uh, continuing since October two thousand seven. Uh, he heads the consulting and advisory team of telecom experts in the disciplines of licensing, regulation, policy formulations, and government affairs. He, uh, the, the consulting company services a large number of telecom clients, both national and multinational, in these areas. A few of them are in the Fortune 500 list. Uh, from January 2001 to September 2007, he was the vice chairman of BPL Communications and before that, uh, he was the, uh, let me see here, he was the chairman of Reliance Communications. But before that, from 1991 to 1998, that is where his seminal work has been done. He was the chairman of VSNL, Videsh Sanchar Nigam Limited, and he did so well there that um, the company VSNL was recognized as one of the Navaratna of India, that is one of the nine jewels of the uh, PSUs. And, and much of that work where VSNL grew by leaps and bounds uh, was attributed to Sri Singhalji's hard work. So he knows telecom like the back of his hand. So Singhalji, once again, we are thrilled to have you on our channel, sir. And I'm going to jump right into the questions now. So I just want to uh, have your inputs, maybe your introductory remarks on what the government has done. They gave two options to all the telecom providers, such as Bharti Airtel, uh, Reliance, uh, Vodafone, and Tata. And Vodafone and Tata said that they will give uh, their stock in, in exchange for the money that is owed. First off, sir, how do you see that? Because I have a few follow-up questions. We don't know what Reliance is going to say. Then let's just let it slide for a minute. What is What are your thoughts on this? First of all, my namaskar to the audience and uh, again uh, to Mr. Ayer. Um, and thank you very much for those uh, uh, generous, kind remarks. I don't think I uh, deserve uh, uh, all the remarks, but uh, thank you very much. Um, let me straight away jump into the main topic of uh, discussion today uh, about the, let's say, the share swap or uh, equity shares uh, in the two defaulting companies. Rather, there are four companies which are in the fray today, uh, Bharti, Airtel, Reliance, Geo. Vodafone idea and of course uh, uh, two companies of Tata, Tata Tele and uh, Tata Maharashtra. Um, you see 
my view in this has been that, uh, uh, in fact, I tweeted as well that it is a win-win-win uh, situation uh, for everyone. Uh, let's take the doomsday scenario, uh, which is if this package was not offered to the government, what could the, have the companies done, uh, especially uh, two of the companies which are uh, under the main discussion today, which is uh, a word of an idea and um, uh, Tata Teleservices, Tata uh, Services uh, Maharashtra. Um, let's first take word of an idea because uh, uh, they had a huge uh, uh, payout in the four years period along with the interest payment. Um, I would like to recall the uh, memory of uh, the audience. Um, there were statements by the CEO of Vodafone that uh, they're not interested in investing into the Indian business. And uh, therefore, uh, if the Indian partner also doesn't invest, what do they do? And they have been trying for over 15 months to raise money in the market, uh, but uh, they have, were unable to uh, raise money without much success, except uh, uh, a little bit from here and there to be able to pay the priority payments which were required to be made. So the government had, in any case, listened to them uh, in the uh, some of the reforms which were announced in September. And one of the two key or three reforms was that, okay, we give you four years moratorium, but it comes with a cost, which means you will have to pay the interest. Number two was the definition of the AGR, which was the main battle, as a matter of fact. Uh, number three, that uh, uh, the penalty will not be on kind of add-on and on and on. Uh, so it keeps on uh, mounting leaps and bounds. And uh, some reduction in the uh, uh, prime lending rate uh, from 14-15% to 10-12%. So there were, uh, I, I must say, some very uh, path-breaking reforms which were uh, brought about by the government. And one of the reforms was that either you accept the moratorium and pay four years hence, or if they, you want to have an equity given to the government, yes, you are welcome to do that. Now, the entire thing was premised on the basis that the industry would have a very robust growth and they will be able to generate enough free cash to be able to make these payments, which runs into lakhs and crores of rupees, especially for Vodafone Idea. Uh, and um, uh, there were doubts whether this much cash could be created for payment of not only the principal uh, areas of AGR, but also the interest on that, which comes something comes like uh, comes to about eighty-one thousand or uh, some odd num uh, huge number of crores. So, what were the options? Either you declare bankruptcy and say, "Look, promoters are not with us, and we are now uh, leaving the battlefield, and um, uh, you can go after us and uh, recover whatever money you can." recover by declaration of NPAs, which would also have bled our banking system 
we we should accept that uh, because uh, uh, they, they, they had raised loans and that would have a fairly uh, serious knock-on effect uh, on the banking system. We already uh, are reeling under lots of uh, NPAs and this also would have added to that. So what, what is the option? Okay, we are not walking away, but we are willing to pay or willing to give you equity equivalent to 35% or 35.8% uh, at par value, which is rupees 10. Of course, there is some debate going on whether it will be rupees 10 or rupees 8 or 9, which was the share market uh, price on 15th of September uh, 2021. Uh, but that's, that's, a, that's a small discussion. Now, the moot question is, is this good? Well, as I have already described, alluded to earlier, the bleakest scenario would have been if they had decided to walk away because the promoters are not willing to put any money. But so this is the second best option because they are, so if they go on to the market to raise debt, it would again add to their poor showing whether they will be able to service the debt or not. So very briefly, taking the negatives out, in this option, what happens? In this what option, what happens is it provides liquidity to the company and takes away the fear that what do I do in four years? Will I be able to generate the revenues or not to pay up both the uh, principal as well as the interest? And if the government allows them to be professionally managed, which is what has been written by many of the uh, scribes, and I also contribute to that, uh, because there has been a discussion that it will become another PSU. Uh, they have not been able to manage BSNL. It's going downhill. So is it more of the same? So the key is, if the government doesn't meddle with the day-to-day -day of the company, it is allowed to run by professionals, it is board managed, board governed, and it is allowed to perform. Uh, there is enough, enough business in the marketplace, as you have mentioned earlier, that our rural areas are still unserved. And there is huge potential in the rural areas, especially in the present day scenario of the Corona pandemic, where work from home is becoming more or less the norm rather than an exception. So if somebody intelligent can log in from a remote area and do the same work, rather than putting a burden on the cities, why not? So there is enough growth potential. There are enough opportunities in the marketplace for three, four players to grow and to make a business in our country. There is no doubt in my mind. So let's take the positive side of this. Let's say they are allowed to run professionally, by professionals, board governed, managed properly. Uh, I will come to that managed properly and also investment part in, in a few minutes. And in case they capture 
the customer base which they had when they merged together Vodafone and Idea, which was about 400 million, and today it has uh, uh, really shrunk by about 50%. And if they invest into technology, if they invest into net network expansion with the money which they uh, will be able to save, then why why can't or why won't they be able to pick uh, the market uh, to be able to uh, generate enough cash resources and make it a virtuous circle rather than a vicious circle. So if everything happens, so let's take the upside of all this before we go to the negative side. The upside is if that happens, the stock market price can go up or will go up. Uh, of course, there were knee-jerk reactions when uh, stock market discounted the stock by about 20%, but it recovered and it is more or less what it was uh, before the announcement. Um, if it continues to show positives and it recovers, the government can offload the stock to the financial institutions. There'll be investors who, who would be interested to enter a growing company and maybe exit at uh, uh, certain multiples, make money. So it's, it's, it's going to be positive, virtuous, upward growth circle for everybody or growth system for everybody. So from that perspective, uh, I have my, I have no doubt that uh, the what the government has done uh, is, or rather what the government gave them the option to do and what they have done uh, by accepting that option uh, is in my view, the best approach. Of course, there are some saying that, uh, oh, why should government bail them out? It's taxpayers' money. Where is the taxpayers' money in this? The taxpayers' money is already gone. The saver money is already gone or it would go. It's it's now getting back a possibility of getting back whatever has been lost and a re possible recovery of more than the interest accrual by this stock appreciation. You see, fortunately, the company is listed. So therefore, there is a barometer or there is a thermometer to continuously measure the performance, both in terms real terms and both in terms of a perception in the stock market. So this is the act. This is the what I would say from the government and the company point of view. Let's look at the consumer aspect. See, if now, they sir, have packed uh, up and... If, I'm, if I could just ask you a quick question, sir. You said that their base was about 400 million. Uh, as a percentage of the total installed base at that time, what would that be? 30%? 40% coverage? That was about 40%. You see, wow. they, were, they were just about the limit of... Uh, pardon my... Uh, the limit of... Uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, uh, substantial market power. Uh, when they got the regulatory approval from the Competition Commission, from the regulator, and also the key regulate the key regulation was that we should have minimum of four players or about five players in an ideal situation. Yes. So when yes. this merger was allowed, they they they, they were just about close to the. Uh, substantial market share 
uh, at that time at that time and they, and i think um uh, if i recall but maybe i'm wrong uh, they had to shed some customers to bring it uh, within the regulatory framework but they were graded at that time as the number one uh, holders of the customer base uh, so um, uh, that was the situation and everybody uh, you know said shock waves and uh, they became the biggest uh, in fact uh, they were uh, reliance was at, at that time number three and uh, they had overtaken uh, uh, airtel by a few million <coughs> number of consumers uh, so uh, um, I mentioned about uh, uh, the benefits uh, to the government and the company, but let's see the marketplace. If they had decided to pack up and go, we would be left with a private sector duopoly and the consumer would have suffered. Because I, 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 I tell you very plainly, BSNL is not up to scratch. They'll not be able to provide what their the service the kind of service, both in terms of technology, and of course they have outreach in the rural areas. Uh, they have uh, a Bharat broadband network and the fiber laid out. But what have they done? I mean, it is very easy to say that yes, we only get uh, uh, BSNL in the rural areas when you leave the, leave the cities. But then I am also told by some people that they are not able to roam on BSNL. So what's the use of that coverage when you are not able to roam on BSNL? As a matter of fact, it is a legacy which BSNL is carrying because initially they said, oh, we will not allow anybody to roam on our network. If people want to buy our services, let them buy our services. I mean, that's a, that's a complete... Uh, 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 you know, nonsense of uh, uh, a marketplace uh, scenario. So, for the consumer, as I mentioned, it's the best thing that we have at least three private players and a government player so that we have four players in the market. BSNL today has about 10% of the market share. They can increase it. Uh, why not? I mean, if they try... And if they are given a free run to manage, run the company, govern the company uh, uh, as a professional run company, why not? But the, the, the problem is that for everything, they have to go to Sanchar Bhavan. And the response time is months, years. It's not weeks or days. And today's environment where technology is moving like quicksand, um, and uh, customer aspirations are skyrocketing, uh, uh, demands are skyrocketing. Uh, this kind of uh, uh, management uh, uh, in a company uh, is just not done. In last 21 years, uh, and I don't mind saying, the company valuation from some $80 billion is now not more than 10, 15 billion dollars. And they are still trying to find out what is the right price to list the company. It's like chasing a rainbow. There is no right price 
There is no wrong price. I learned this lesson when we did the VSNL GDR. The stock market is worse than a quicksand scenario. It changes. <laughs> yes. Slight provocation, it changes. A, a statement changes everything. So, uh, Mr. Ayer, my view and uh, also uh, the listeners is that uh, it's a win, win, win. It's a win for uh, Vodafone to have shown the courage to uh, accept and dilute themselves and the promoters. It's a win for the government that rather than com the company going bankrupt and declaring bankruptcy, which would have bled also our banking system, and for the consumer, most importantly for the marketplace and for the consumer, uh, competition is essential. Uh, and quality of service is prime. So in order to uh, serve these three uh, key pillars of uh, any any service organization, uh, in my belief is uh, this is the best which could uh, have happened and has happened. So this this is this is uh, sorry my longish response to uh, <laughs> rather simple question. Uh, no, it's it's a very good response, sir. Because uh, let's let's finish up with Vodafone before we take up the Tata uh, duo of companies. In Vodafone, so there is no cash infusion in terms of uh, money from the government, but they have the cash that they don't have to pay to the government. So that is basically that they have in their bank. How much of a technology upgrade does Vodafone Idea have to do in order to compete with? Uh, Geo and Airtel. Um, you see, what I'm told is that uh, the loss in market share has been predominantly because there were not much of investment in the 4G network. So they had that handicap. So first of all, uh, I mean, I can say from my experience, uh, where I live, some days I don't get a 4G coverage. I only get a very poor 3G coverage. Uh, but fortunately, uh, I have a uh, 100 or 250, 200 MB uh, fiber broadband from uh, <laughs> BSNL. So uh, I am able to have this uh, uh, conversation with you. So very briefly, they will need to invest into upgradation of 4G. They will need to buy spectrum for the 5G services. I'm not a great fan of 5G, frankly speaking. I, I believe that in whatever way they can provide bandwidth, whether it is uh, uh, the, the by G factor or whether it is by fiber, whether it is by Wi-Fi, by any means, uh, let them invest into that so that the customer, the consumer gets the broadband uh, speeds of at least, uh, if not more, uh, 20 to 50 MB. I mean, I, I get 100 MB I'm, uh, and uh, some days uh, or most of the time I feel that it's more than enough for uh, uh, the businesses. So they have to invest into 4G technology upgradation with the money which now they can raise and the money with which then they can capture the market back. So that's the, that's the prime focus. And then acquire spectrum in the upcoming uh, spectrum auction likely to take place sometimes next year.
So two follow-up questions, sir. First one is, now the government is one-third owner of Vodafone Idea. Basically, that means government has skin, skin in the game. Will the government explore, let us say, unused bandwidth in some of the satellites to be used for Vodafone so that they can at least not have to invest in that and use that unused bandwidth in terms of data traffic, number one. And number two, is the uh, CCI required, Competition Commission of India required to make sure that the established players don't cut prices to make it hard for these two new companies to gain ground? Uh, you see, so far as um, the utilization of spectrum is concerned, uh, especially for 5G, uh, in the upcoming auction, uh, the government is introducing quite a few new bands and um, uh, it is up to Vodafone whether they want to uh, pick those bands or not. So that, that's a, that's a, that, that's where that's the key thing that whether they, they will be able to raise money to pick those spectrum bands uh, to provide broadband services or 5G services. Let's call broadly the broadband service, broadly the high speed uh, uh, services. Uh, now, whether it, they use Wi-Fi techniques in certain areas or they want to go still go cellular because you see the G is a uh, connotation or a hangover of mobility. See, today it is not a question of mobility. It is a question also if you, if you look at the divide between mobility and fixed applications, it is, it is not what it used to be. Today, about 20% could be mobility. The rest is all fixed uh, utilization of the brand bandwidth. So let them look at various ways and means as to how they can uh, have the customer uh, serviced and connected. It could it could be fiber by leasing it from BSNL. Uh, so so therefore, in, in my scheme of things, I think uh, they have to become completely technology uh, agnostic. And I use the phrase, application of technology to reach out to the masses and that's the approach which they should uh, we should they, they should take uh, about your second question sorry uh, the question was about cci would they need the competition commission of india to step in to make sure that the established players don't lower the prices and put pricing pressure on on the new players who are trying to get back to their feet you see, tariffing, as a matter of fact, is the uh, mandate from TRAI. Uh, and uh, you, your question is very apt and uh, very relevant because the demise of the industry took place because of the price war uh, two years or three years back when Geo came into uh, the playing field. Uh, and it was, uh, I call it, uh, interesting wars uh, to have... Uh, finish the industry altogether. So the regulator has a very key role or the government also has a very key role to see that there is no cutthroat uh, price competition and let this be uh, properly grilled into the minds of the competitors that we will not tolerate uh, price cutting uh, just to capture or grab the uh, market share and kill the industry. As a matter of fact, the key key message should be 
and for the competition commission as well that we need to have four players we need to have four solid players so no fight in the marketplace fight on quality fight on portfolio of services fight on the outreach of your services but not on price let the price be based on economic principles and calculated properly and convincingly but that should be the that is the key which one should follow thank you very much uh, bk singhal ji now let us take a look at the fourth player tata and uh, i don't know much about tata because i haven't used the equipment i have not seen it much maybe it is localized to some areas in india what are your observations about how tata would benefit from this um and uh, where do you see the future for tata both companies together um you see um one must not undermine uh, anyone um I, I, if you look at what the tatas or their businesses was and the funding they had from docomo uh, and then they had to go down under is uh, is a big question mark i think uh, they chose the wrong technology and uh, uh, they are they paid for it um see what we hear about uh, uh, tata's future is that they want to only go in for uh, enterprise uh, services or businesses which is um, if you look at the overall scenario what are they focusing on today tcs then your fin technologies then your retail technology uh, retail part uh, so uh, so they are going into different uh, spheres of service which will require the use of telecom infrastructure and that's what they have said about the unlisted tata tele uh, and of course they provide uh, some switch service in uh, tata tele services so the 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 point i'm trying to make is that yes and then of course they are the biggest owner of the international bandwidth the undersea cables which they have uh, they are the biggest owners as a matter of fact when they bought uh, teleglo few years back they became one of the leading undersea cable owners uh, in the world so they have this connectivity to the outside world and they have some connectivity within india and they can lease capacities from companies like railtel power grid uh even uh, bbnl uh, to provide enterprise solutions and enterprise solutions uh is a very very solid business because the, the the entire service industry as a matter of has grown on the connectivity and on the devices on the content on the application and that's what the focus of tata appears to be so uh i would not for a minute undermine what they want to do they may have failed uh in terms of uh, uh the consumer driven telecom business but in terms of enterprise business and in terms of capturing the big uh, uh users of uh, bandwidth and applications they have an edge i mean the tcs is a bermuda uh uh and they are doing 
really uh, good work. I mean, they are number one today. And also, they have now acquired Air India. So for that, also, they will need infrastructure. Uh, so so I, I, I will not uh, uh, write them off. Well, Tata name has a certain amount of uh, holding power, brand name, brand power, and they are pretty good at execution. Although we have to wait and see how it plays out. Uh, but Singhalji, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. Um, there is probably one or two questions that our viewers have for you. Uh, can we have the questions read out, sir? Yes, please. Yeah. The first question is from Mandar Karnik. Should India create government cross-holding ecosystems in private groups or companies to effectively counter the Chinese? Uh, see, I, um, I don't think that we should uh, be comparing um, ourselves with the Chinese. Uh, but I think the question could be better addressed in the following manner. That there should be a more industry, academia, uh, in, and the government interaction in order to use the expertise of each one of them for the growth of the industry and the economy. Uh, it's, it can't be straight jacket. Uh, as a, uh, in fact, we need to use the intellectual uh, knowledge power of our IITs and various institutes, regional or otherwise. Uh, we have to use whatever expertise. There is a lot of expertise in the government. Let's not have any doubt about it. I mean, we have still the power sector, which is uh, about 90% government. We have the oil sector. So, th so therefore, I think the question is very relevant. But how could this be done? See, the, the biggest malaise is that the government should stop meddling. Let the let the expertise be given. Let the professional be there. But insofar as management is concerned, that is which where we have a big hole. The interference from the ministries, where they try to use them as extended jagids or extended central government, that should not be there. Meddling in the day-to-day -day affairs of the company, company should not be there. Yes. Why not? I think we we can synergize, uh, like what you have mentioned about the Chinese system, because there it is, uh, you 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 order and it's done. But it it's not like that in our country. Uh, sorry to say. No, the, I think you make perfect sense. Uh, let me ask you a slightly different question. Moving forward, if uh, this template that the government is using, that look, you want us to write off a loan. We will find out your viability. If your viability is good, and if you are covering a critical segment, which means that you are actually helping the country, maybe the government will, you know, exchange your stock for unpaid loans. It could be even banks that might do that. Do you see something like that emerging? Especially if, let's say, one year down the road, this thing works out and the stock price of both these conglomerates starts going up. 
uh, do you think the government might decide to say tell the banks also after all there are many PSUs or holding on to a lot of NPAs some of them, them them could be diamonds in the rough I'm just trying to ask a question hypothetical that do you think the government might make this sort of a template going forward um, see Mr. here let's take this as a litmus test yeah okay um, one year 18 months is a reasonable good enough time to see the performance at least in this crucial sector uh, and uh, i think uh, what you are driving at is that there are companies like let's say ongc or indian oil corporation uh, and uh, national thermal power corporation and various other corporations which the present government wants to divest and uh, uh, cash out. Uh, so this could be a template. This could be a litmus test. And if this succeeds, uh, why not? Because what's happening today? You see, the banks are declaring NPAs. And finito. That's the end of it. So you print more money. But if this template improves and the bank says, OK, all right, give me the equity and um, uh, we allow you to perform and you perform and you manage the company well, why not? Why not? So, so I, I, I would say that it's a, it's a progressive way of uh, uh, looking at uh, uh, doing business better than, in my opinion, the, what is it called, the public-private PPP uh, participation. Because uh, PPP participation has also been told to be, you know, it has been misused in certain cases and uh, uh, especially the a lot of uh, stories going around in the uh, airport privatization of the uh, past years. Uh, so the long and short, yes, why not? I, and let's see this uh, template and the litmus test of success. Um, uh, and... Uh, the government can uh, certainly uh, look at doing more of the same in future. Wonderful, sir. And uh, that, uh, okay, there's one last question from Sachin Sharma. BSNL is dying a slow death because of government. BSNL still got, not got 4G spectrum. It is still on 3G. Why is the government keeping BSNL out of the competition? This is the fifth player. <laughs> well, it's the, it'll be the fourth player. Um, I'll be very candid to be very honest, you see. Um, the demise of BSNL is both uh, uh, from inside and both from uh, outside. Uh, in fact, um, the real hit to BSNL was when government under some uh, mistaken thought process refused to allow them to buy 94 million lines uh, around 2004 or 5 uh, on some complaints by the private sector. It's uh, now established that there were fake cases in the high court uh, on uh, malfeasance in the selection of uh, uh, lowest bidder and all that. Uh, uh, which derailed the entire process. And again, 
it was the interference from Sanchar Bhavan uh, which resulted in the cancellation of 94 million lines those days uh, by a government nominee. So if a professional said we need this, if somebody with a vision said we need to do this and was not allowed to do that, that started the downward trend uh, in the scheme of things at uh, BSNL. And they haven't uh, recovered uh, from that uh, ever. So that was the beginning of the end of BSNL. Uh, I, I, I will say, add this, that uh, uh, BSNL prided themselves with the best network outside the cities, as you also alluded to earlier. In fact, uh, I used to live in Bangalore those days. I would go out of Bangalore, there is no signal of any private operator, but there was BSNL signal. What did BSNL do? They won't allow me to roam on them. So they lost huge amount of roaming revenue those days when they could have minted money. And I even complained to the then minister, uh, Mr. Maran. I said, what the hell are you doing? Why don't you allow uh, private sector to roam on a BSNL? No, 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 no. Let them buy our SIM cards. Uh, that's not how competition works. Um, and this story goes on and on and on. It goes on and on and on. They're not, I mean, I ask a very simple question. Does Mr. Ambani or Mr. Mittal, I'm using the names, do they go to the Sanchar Bhavan to invest? Do they go to Sanchar Bhavan to choose a technology? The answer is no. Does that happen in BSNL? The answer is yes. For everything, they have to go to be Sanchar Bhavan. And some board director on some briefing shoots the proposal down. You don't run a company like that. You certainly don't run a company like that. I'm not bragging, but when I was at VSNL, I used to tell my minister, I said, I will tell, I will do whatever you want me to do, but let's not meddle in the affairs of running the company what the market expects, what the software industry expects. You go by my performance, but please don't meddle with me. If you want to meddle with me, I go. See, the problem is interference. The problem is not board governance. The problem is not professionalism. They have really good staff. Private companies have been built by retired people from DOT and BSNL. Why can't they build BSNL? Because when they go out, they have only one boss to ask, can I do this? And I believe in this. And I've seen that both at Reliance and BPL. But could I do that at BSNL? Answer is no. So unless you unshackle them, there is no mana you see. Wonderful, sir. And uh, that brings us to a close on today's Hangout. And uh, your uh, thoughts, very, very in-depth and very incisive. And I'm sure somebody from uh, the government, usually they watch our programs because we, we don't fight. 
I don't, you know, try to disagree loudly or speak over my guest. I let the guests the space and the room to express and finish their thought. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that a lot of home truths have been uh, sounded or at least presented. And, and let's hope that, you know, there are well-meaning people everywhere. And as long as that finds home, it goes home, there are things that will benefit the entire community. And you are absolutely right. In a post-COVID scenario, connectivity is going to be key. There is a vast amount of scope. And, and how that gets opportunity, uh, how that opportunity gets monetized is in the hands of these five players. Thanks once again. Namaskar. And we'll be back again. Yeah, please go ahead, sir. You see, the mantra is, or the growth, will be on five pillars. Devices, connectivity, content, application, and last but not the least, affordability and agnostic technology application. That's what we need to do. Wonderful, sir. Thank you very much. I think we'll be back again to see how these things play out in a few weeks. Namaskar. Thank you. Namaskar. Namaskar.